Thank you, Brother Terry. If you brought your Bibles this morning, please turn to the book of John, John 11. And we want to look at uh, John 11. And then later we'll look at uh, Luke 19. But John 11. And I want us to look at uh, verse 32 through verse 35. And then we'll look at Luke 19, 37 through 44. As we bring these two passages together. John 11, verse 32. If you remember, Mary and Martha's brother had died. Jesus, uh, when Lazarus was sick, he could not get to the home before Lazarus died, and then he died, and then Jesus comes and he goes to the grave. John 11, verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, said unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Now, if you will, look at uh, Luke. Luke, verse, uh, chapter 19. Luke 19, and we're going to look at verse 37 through 44. Luke 19. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Verse 38 in Luke 19 saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And when he was come near, he beheld the city. Now that's Jerusalem. When he was come near, he beheld the city, and he wept over it. This morning, I want you to imagine, just for a few minutes, that you're in Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago. And you find yourselves among a great crowd that's come uh, all, from all over the known world at that time to celebrate a very important celebration known as the Passover. The Jewish historian of the day, Josephus, estimated that over two million people were involved in this great Passover feast. It is recorded history that 256,500 lambs were slain at the Passover. And each lamb represented ten worshipers. Thousands and thousands and thousands had flooded the city that day, the city of Jerusalem, 
just to observe this Passover celebration. Therefore, due to the importance of this event, large number of people, a multitude of people, had gathered, and it was somewhat like a, a carnival-like atmosphere. Similar, I guess, to the New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square on New Year's Eve. There were lots of people. They were jamming the streets and getting ready to celebrate one of the most important feasts that the Jewish people celebrated all year. And then in John 12, verse 12, in the NIV translation, it says this, just listen. It says that the crowd heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Now, it's important to note that all four Gospels list this event. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell about how Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem on this day on a donkey. They don't record all the events of Jesus. Sometimes only three will record an event. Some two, twice. Two Gospels would record only the event. But here, the four Gospels record this event in the life of Jesus. And with that in mind, one might consider that this event was a pretty important event. Now I want you to get the picture. As this crowd gathers, Jesus is riding into the city on a donkey. And the crowd immediately begins to wave palm branches and they cry out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. They continue to cry out, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Translation, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And many believe that Palm Sunday, today, Palm Sunday, is kindly about pomp and circumstances, about celebrating, about events, about happening, and about just celebrating something great. But I'm here to suggest to you this morning that it's not about celebration. Palm Sunday is about weeping and crying. And so this morning I want to share briefly in a sermon that I've simply entitled Palm Sunday, A Time to Weep, A Time to Cry. In Luke chapter 19 verse 41, I read, Now as he drew nigh, he saw the city... And the Bible says that he wept over it. So Palm Sunday is not about celebrating, but it's about weeping and it's about crying. And I'm afraid that we've raised a couple of generations in the Western world today who seem to have lost their tears. Today's culture has been taught that it's not important to cry. Politician on TV, John Boehner, is ridiculed and mocked at different times because he shows that he's able to shed tears. He begins to think about his childhood days and his young life and growing up, and he begins to think about patriotism, and he thinks about military and our, our fighting men and women, and it brings him to tears. And when that happens, general public for the most part, will make fun of him because he's shedding tears. 
However, physicians are saying today that tears actually release a chemical that relieves stress. That's why we feel better after we cry. That's why people say to me, well, Brother Sammy, I believe I would feel better if I could just cry, or I'll feel better after I cry. So tears have a medical effect. Sweat pours out from our body on a hot day and keeps us cool. And the point is, tears flow to release the stress of our soul like sweat pours from our body to keep us cool. You've often heard me say that, you know, that God has given us tears to express how we feel in our heart when we really don't have the words to express verbally how we feel. And so on this Palm Sunday, I pray that God would etch into your memory the picture of a weeping Christ. Jesus wept. Now, some of you this morning, no doubt, are too proud to weep. Some of you perhaps haven't wept in years. Some of you, no doubt, have lost your tears, but not the Lord Jesus. You see, He was God above all gods, and He was man above all mans, or all men, and I, I know of no other man on the face of the earth that was more man, or more manly, than Jesus Christ. There's no one that I know of that's ever been born no man that could go through what Christ went through, but yet he wept. And so there are two times that Jesus wept. Both of those are found on the Mount of Olives. John chapter 11, verse 32, if you'll look there with me. John 11, verse 32. Then Mary, when she was come where Jesus was, she saw him, and she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. And Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? And he said, they said to him, Lord, come and see. And verse 35, Jesus wept. The, funeral, the, the event was a funeral in Bethany. His friend Lazarus had died. And when the Lord wept, notice, notice when he wept. He wept when he saw Mary weeping, verse 33. He wept when he saw Mary crying. And so if you're taking notes, point number one is Jesus weeps over our sorrow. He's touched by our broken hearts. Remember that tears touch the heart of God. Mary was sorrowful. Her brother had died. And when Jesus arrived at the gravesite, he saw her hurting. He saw her hopeless. He saw her helpless. He saw her in a period of grief. He saw her at a time of weeping. And John used the word for Jesus as Jesus wept. He used the word kaleo, which describes 
Mary's weeping as a deep sob, as a, as a deep wail. Mary was pouring out her soul to God. She was, weep, she was weeping, Kaleo. Now, our Lord had came from a place where there was no sorrow. There was no tears. There was no sin. There was no tomb. There was no graves. There were no hurts. There was no heartaches. There was, there was no death. And he walks up on this scene, and he sees her weeping, pouring her soul out to God. And two things happened. The Bible says he, was, he groaned in his spirit, and he was troubled. He saw the crowd. He saw the grave. And then he remembered his friend. And the point to remember is, however, is according to the text, what really got him, what really got him to weep or what really got to him is when he saw Mary's tears. And they caused him to weep. But a different type of crying. He saw her heartbreak. He saw the sin. He saw death. And what sin had brought, what pain had brought, and then he wept. Paul spoke to the church at Ephesus, jot down Acts chapter 20. And there at the church, he reminded them of what he did in his ministry. In Acts 20, jot down verse 19. Acts 20, verse 19. He says this, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. So Paul said, in my ministry, I've constantly served God, but I've done that with tears. And then he spoke to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 2, uh, verse 4. Listen to what he says there. He says, for out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears. Not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. And so Paul is saying, listen, I've written with you. And I can imagine, oh, Paul writing, and as he wrote, he wept. Shedded tears. I read about a missionary who was a missionary with the Salvation Army. He was serving as that missionary, and he sent a telegram to the headquarters, and he said, I've tried everything. I've tried everything, and nothing has worked in my ministry. And General William Booth wired him back, and he wired him back with two words, and he said, try tears. It's Palm Sunday, and Jesus is still weeping over our sorrows. He's touched by broken hearts. And friend, listen, if you need God's attention this morning, try tears. Tears speak louder than words. Nothing moves God's heart like tears. If you remember 2 Kings chapter 20, speaks of a man by the name of Hezekiah. 2 Kings 20 verse 5, or verse 1, listen to God's word. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, 
And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And he turned his face to the wall, and he prayed to the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and I have done that which is good in thy sight. And, and Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. And on the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. Try tears. And the same Lord who stood by Mary's side there at her brother's grave and wept with her stands beside us today to weep with us. And so on Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday says Jesus is touched by our broken hearts. He's touched by our sorrows. Let me close with this, point two, just two points today. Palm Sunday says that Jesus is weeping over our sins. Luke chapter 19, if you would turn back there. Luke, Luke 19, and look at verse 41, as Jesus wept. And when he was come near the city, or come near, he beheld the city, and he wept over it. Now, a few days before, he was in Bethany. He leaves Bethany. Bethany is on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives, and he goes to the western slope of the Mount of Olives. He's riding a donkey into the city. This is referred to as his triumphant entry into the city. And then, remember the Passover celebration is in full swing. You have your palm, your palm branches, and you have your multitudes, and you have all your shouting of Hosanna, and everybody's waving, and the party is really uh, in high swing at this time. And the Bible says in verse 41 that when he came near, he beheld the city and he wept over it. Now notice, Jesus is the object of the celebration. But he's weeping. Everyone's celebrating because Jesus is there. They see him as God sent. They see him as a, a king sent by God to, to put down the, the Roman uh, emperor and the Roman army. They wanted an earthly king. They wanted a, uh, O.S. Hawkins said, they wanted a Stormin' Norman. They wanted a George Washington, someone to put down the Roman opposition. They wanted this earthly king. And when they didn't get what they wanted, in less than a week, if you remember these chairs, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, turned to jeers. And they crowned him as a king, but they crowned him with a crown of thorns and they stripped him naked and they beat him and they laughed at him. But now he's sitting on the Mount of Olives weeping. Now the word wept, Jesus wept, signifies a different tear than the one we read about in Bethany there at the grave of Lazarus. Jesus wept in Bethany, and that word wept there is darkrio. Darkrio is only used one time in the New Testament, and it's there. This is a 
This is to shed tears in a silent fashion. This is when you get a lump in your throat and all of a sudden a little tear comes down your cheek. That's the way he was weeping at the grave of Lazarus. Mary was kaleo. She was sobbing. She was, she was weeping so loud you could have heard her at some distance. And now that same word that was used of Mary is used of Jesus here as he comes into Jerusalem. It's not a lump in the throat, a tear running down the side of your cheek like it was at the grave of Lazarus. But now it's a loud cry. He's weeping so loud that he can be heard above all the cheering and, and all the screaming and hollering of this great multitude. Perhaps some estimate a block or two blocks away, you could hear him crying. He wept. The same crying Mary used in John eleven thirty three. It was the same type of crying that Peter used after he denied Jesus three times in the cock crowed. That type of crying. The point is, on Palm Sunday, you have a parade, you have a crowd, you have all the chairs, and then you have Jesus sitting on the donkey crying so loud that you can hear him a block away. Now it's Palm Sunday, 2015, and Jesus is still wailing over your sin and my sin. He's troubled because of our blinded eyes and our sin. But here's the problem. Jesus is weeping over our sin, but we're not. Now, we may cry over emotional stuff, such as a movie that brings us to tears, or a song that we hear that brings us to tears, or a dead dog or some other kind of animal. But when we look around in our world today and see the de-Christianizing of our culture, that doesn't move us to tears. This morning I was listening to the news and heard where a university in California had closed a Christian club simply because the club had refused to allow unbelievers to be leaders in their Christian club. And so they just closed down the club the university did. That's what we have today, but nobody's weeping. So it's Palm Sunday. The Lord's weeping over our sorrows, over our broken hearts. He's touched by your tears and my tears. If you want attention today from God, try tears. Secondly, the Lord's weeping over our sins. And He says to us in Luke chapter 19, in Luke 19, he says in verse 42, just listen, saying, If thou hast known, even thou, at least in this day, this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they're hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench around thee, compass thee round, and keep thee on every side, and shall lay, even, shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, 
and thou shalt not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knowest not the time of thy visitation. Blinded. May he leave you with a question. Does the Lord weep with you this morning? Does the Lord weep with you? Does he weep with you in your sorrow? Or does the Lord weep over you in your sin? You know, the last time that sin is used or mentioned in the Bible is Revelation 21, verse 4. It says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's the hope of Palm Sunday. Let's bow our heads just a minute for prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you at this time thanking you for an opportunity just to open your word, focus upon your son weeping at the grave of Lazarus, just a little lump in the throat, tear down the cheek, but was weeping because of the sorrow that Mary and Martha were experiencing. Thank you for allowing us to know today that he still weeps over our brokenheartedness and our sorrow. We don't weep by ourselves. We know, Lord, you weep with us. Thanks, thanks this morning for reminding us that you also continue to weep over our sinful condition as you did Jerusalem. So I pray for each person here. You're either weeping with us this morning or you're weeping for us this morning. For those eyes that are blind, I pray that they'll be opened to whatever sin they may have in their life. I thank you for your compassion shown to us as we go through this world. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you for Palm Sunday in which we're reminded Lord, of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Not an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom. You are willing to go to the cross and die on the cross for our sins. And Lord, because of our faith and trust in you, we're able to have eternal life with you forever. But thank you today on this Palm Sunday for reminding us how you weep with us.